the City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey, everybody. This is Casey Fields, your manager for municipal advocacy at the Municipal Association of South Carolina, and welcome. It's been a long time since we've talked. Welcome to another edition of City Quick Connect podcast. With me is my non-sick, back-in-action co-host, Scott Sutton. And congratulations to you, Casey, for getting over your COVID, and uh, we're all back at it and doing well. And, of course, I don't think we ever stop working. We continue working. I was about to say, Scott, like I, we, at home. We, worked, we worked through the sickness. We worked through the, the quarantine, and here we are on the other side. That's right. Happy about that. Happy about it. Let me tell you what I'm not happy about. I'm not happy that we can't travel to all of our 10 places across the state for the regional advocacy meetings. Yeah. You know, I love I loved to see everybody. I love to hug. I love to share a good meal. I love it. I love it. While we're still going to host them, we just can't do it in person. Yeah, the regional advocacy meetings are always a lot of fun for the staff, and they were going to yeah. be this year really important for us because – of our two new staffers, Joni Nickel and Erica Wright, who will be working on behalf of cities and towns in the general, at the General Assembly uh, when we get back to normal. Uh, this was going to be their their introduction to everyone. Everybody's going to get a chance to meet them later on, we hope, and certainly we're going to we'll do uh, we'll do it virtually and do the best we can. But that's how we have to roll in this particular time and uh that's right we can't put anybody at risk right now we can't especially you and i being survivors we have we know the ins and outs of this we've had it all different kinds of symptoms so i would i would not put anybody in a predicament for any amount of money any kind of time any kind of fun i just wouldn't i wouldn't do it so well that's right and that's in the association of course we just concluded on friday a uh, very successful virtual annual meeting with lots of guests and great topics and great participation right. in the business meeting. So it's uh, this is becoming a, a routine for us, and it's going to go off as seamlessly as we can possibly make it, and we're getting better and better at it as we do more of these virtual events. Absolutely. We've got the ability to do it, and if we if we can do that and reach as many people as we do in person, maybe even more because it will take less time and you don't have to go anywhere. I wish I could send everybody like a hot plate of barbecue and macaroni and cheese and banana pudding or something, and I actually did. Like, no kidding. Think about that, how we can well, send food to everybody. But, I, I mean, I, I get we can't do that. Maybe I could just eat on camera or something. If there is one advantage to the virtual regional advocacy meetings, it will be the, to the benefit of our waistlines. Right. God, isn't that the truth? So on our virtual annual meet, I mean virtual annual meeting that was last week, the virtual regional advocacy meeting, we still need everybody to register. We've got to be able to give you the uh, link to the meeting. So we need everybody to register. Everybody will be getting emails. You'll be getting it in the Uptown Update. It's in the July, I believe, issue of Uptown. So we're going to need everybody to register. That's important. And during the meeting, it will be at the same time your area is scheduled. So if you are planning on being, you know, attending a meeting in the Appalachian COG at 11 o'clock on whatever day that is, 
then still plan to attend that meeting at 11 o'clock. You're just going to click a link on your computer or your smartphone or your tablet in order to join the meeting. We're going to, Scott will kind of be our host. He will introduce Joni and Erica to you so you can look at their faces and meet them and learn a little bit about them. We also need to overview the 2019 session, Scott, and as short as it was, some good things still happened. Yeah, we got a lot got a lot done but didn't get com- it didn't get completed, of right. course. Right. Uh primarily the uh business license tax standardization bill, House Bill forty four thirty one, the state accommodations tax flexibility bill is still uh eligible for action when the General Assembly returns in September if that if they you know continue to intend to come back in September. Right. For, for the continuing the session, there are, you know, there's a good number of other issues that we'll talk about and just sort of wrap up the 2019 session to the extent yeah, that we you know can, what? knowing I that it's still up. hanging out there. Yeah. It's not the 2019 session, it's the 2020, 2020 session. 2020 session, of course. It totally slipped by me. The 2020 yeah. session, that's right. It's the like conclusion of the, happen. yeah, the 1920 session. So to the extent that we can talk about the things that did get done or are still pending, We'll discuss that, and if there's any action items uh, that we'll need from participants, then we'll pass that information along to everybody as well. We will also talk a little bit about the 2020 November general election. There were some folks that lost their seats in the primary back in June and runoffs, and we will talk about how some retirements in the Senate will affect chairmanship and the committee makeup, which is going to be pretty important to us. We'll talk about in the House how some leadership changes and some possible general election changes in the House and the Senate will um, change, you know, kind of who we work with and how we work with them. So that's going to we're going to go over that also. We're going to talk about the September session of the General Assembly and how that relates to business licensing. Is that fair to say, Scott? Yeah, we'll talk about that and what we need local officials to do with regard to contacting their legislators. The thing, the bill is important to the General Assembly. Obviously, it was important to the House because the House passed it 104 to 0 earlier this year, late February, But I feel like March. the Senate was poised to move on it before... The, Absolutely. It's in in full Senate Finance Committee right now, and Senate leadership has indicated to us that it's important to them. So we, you know, we we just got to get the opportunity to get the thing up. But the problem is going to be, of course, it's a very short session, and there's a lot of other important things that need to be taken care of. Melissa Harrell on our staff will be at the at the regional advocacy meetings as well to talk about the budget. You know, the House passed a budget. And sent it over to the Senate. The Senate didn't get an opportunity to take it up before the session was interrupted. So, and in in the interim, of course, the coronavirus shutdown has affected potential revenues. Even though, as we saw at the annual meeting, the virtual annual meeting, we talked. You know, Frank Rainwater, who's the our state's chief economist, indicated that the state is still going to come. It's still going to end up with a a revenue surplus, not as nearly as much as we had anticipated earlier in the year, but uh, we'll still have a, the state will still have a surplus nonetheless, but that's going to restrict and change the amount of appropriations that the House made and the Senate's going to make those changes. So Melissa will talk about that during the regional advocacy meetings as well. Right. There's the possibility that they're going to take up 
the Santee Cooper issue um, in September. They certainly don't have to, but that is that's on deck. There's legislation dealing with the possibility of allowing voters to vote absentee in November, just like they changed for the June primaries, which is allowing anybody to vote for any reason absentee because of the pandemic. That's another issue they're going to have to take up. They're going to have to take up, like you said, the budget and anything else on deck. I know liability insurance. Can we talk about that for just a second? That not insurance, but liability issues for businesses. That's also a big issue that they're going to have to deal with. Yeah, the state chamber and a number of business interests attempted to get a liability protection for businesses introduced and, and action taken on it back when the General Assembly came in. When did they come in? In May? They kind of come in once a month, kind the of one, like they the came one in day, May and then – The one yeah. day they came back last, the last time they came back for the one Which day – Which was June. It was on the runoff day. They came back that's for right. those two days in June to do CARES that's Act right. resolution. Exactly. That's what it was. It was the CARES Act. So – the, the business interests tried to get it introduced, and they didn't. But what the bill would do essentially is protect businesses from civil liability if an employee or a customer, say, tries to claim that they contracted coronavirus as a, be, as a result of being at that business. You know, cities and towns, of course, are already have, they already have liability limits through the Tort Claims Act of the 300000 and 600000 So, uh, cities are already covered there, but in conjunction with the liability, there is a workers' compensation change component that was discussed that would allow coronavirus to be an, a, a presumed – if you catch coronavirus, if you're a first responder, you can presume that it was contracted as a part of your work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll We'll keep an eye on that and see – if that gets any movement in September when they come in, it's obviously, as I think we've talked about this before, uh, cities and towns want to protect their first responders and all their employees. Sure, absolutely. Uh, but, we, but legislators need to understand the uh, the fiscal effects that expanding that, uh, that, that presumption would have on budgets going forward, which, are, of course, are going to be affected by lost revenues next year anyway. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that as well. So once once we kind of go over what happened in 2020, what we assume or what we are predicting or what we have been told that will happen during a September, maybe October session of the General Assembly, um, we'll talk about that. And we'll also get input. We're going to need input for the beginning of a two-year session now to craft our advocacy initiatives, our priorities. And we're going to need everybody to contribute something, whether you use the chat feature on the, the meeting that we're doing, the virtual meeting, whether you tell us when you're unmuted or whether you just email us. We're going to need some feedback from you as to what is important, whether, you know, related to COVID recovery, related to flexibility, anything like that. We're, we're going to need to hear from you. Um, and that just because these meetings are virtual, that does not change. No, and then, of course, that's the whole point of the regional advocacy meetings is to get the priorities from members for the upcoming legislative session, which is particularly important going into 2021, because, as you said, Casey, it's the beginning of a new two-year session. So folks need to be thinking about the challenges that their cities and towns are facing and how we could 
address those challenges, you know, through legislation, but also through, you know, different training opportunities that the Municipal Association could offer? Are there regulations right. at state agencies that could be changed? Uh, you know, obviously, solutions that don't involve legislation is something that we prefer because it's easier to do. Right. Uh, so, so don't, you know, when you're thinking about these things and you're offering these challenges to us and suggestions for how we could tackle these problems, you know, don't limit yourself just to a, a bill in the General Assembly. There's all kinds right. of ways to attack problems, obviously. So that kind of gives that, – that gives you a loose kind of overview of what we're going to be doing August and early September virtually with the regional advocacy meetings. And I hope everybody will still – you know, this this is probably a little bit easier. It's not nearly as fun. You know, I love to give hugs, and uh, I love to see – I feel like I call it old home week. I feel like it's like our church revival. It's like our chance to get together and and catch up with each other and talk about kids and grandkids and what we're doing for, you know, just anything. So I I really will miss the in-person contact and seeing everybody. I will not miss having to get on a crash diet after these things are over and just eating water and lettuce. Drinking well, water and eating lettuce for weeks it, after. It's worth it as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think I'm so happy. Too. I'm happy to do that. Happy to do um, that. But we, but we really do want you to register and start looking for information from us on the meetings, and we will keep sending you information and following up with you to make sure you've got everything under the sun. We'll have a page on our website with an agenda and resources and links and all that stuff that we'll send to you before the meeting. Yes, and you can find that website at www.masc.se. This would not be us on a podcast if you did not say that. Well, you got to plug the website. Come on. you got to plug the web because you know what? That's where all the information is, man. That's where everything that's is. Where that's all where all the information is. Where it all comes together ultimately, right? where, where it all comes together. Scott, do you have anything else to share with everybody? No, I just, you know, as, as you said, uh, we hate that we're not going to be able to get out on the road and, and meet yeah. with people. And, of course, the regional advocacy meetings also give us an opportunity to meet new council members and mayors right. who have been elected since since last year. And there's been yeah. a good number of elections. But hopefully uh, they will join us on these regional advocacy meetings online and yeah. uh, we'll, we'll at least be able to put a face with a name and uh get a little bit familiar there but it's it's the best it's the best solution for right now we're hoping that the numbers start trending down sometimes no you know no as of right now there are close to 60 cities and towns across the state that have at, have adopted uh face covering ordinances mask ordinances mm-hmm. uh 40% of the state's population is covered by a mask ordinance and wow. i would i would say Local leaders need to continue to lead because um, absolutely make decisions that are best for your community. Absolutely, I mean it, yeah. it's it's evident that that we're not going to get a statewide mask order. Right. So it's it's up to it's up to you locals to uh, to lead your residents and and meet their needs and requests for action when it's appropriate. And I think uh, I think a lot of folks are doing a good job with that. So until the numbers start going too. down. Then, uh, then, then this is how we're going to operate for a while, and uh, hopefully it will get better as soon as we can.
And, and you know, Scott, there still will be opportunities. I mean, there is obviously every day now, but especially at the regional advocacy meetings, there's going to be opportunities to ask questions and have some dialogue with the with the platform that we're going to use. It's not just us, us pushing out information. There will be chance to interact a little bit. Is that? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and people, you know, people who attend need to, you know, come with your thoughts and your ideas already. Obviously, Absolutely. that helps prompt discussion, but but that by no means uh, limits discussion. So uh, if right. there's something that pops into your head or a discussion point that comes up when we're online, then by all means, we're going to do our best to try and accommodate that exchange of ideas so that we can uh, we can all benefit from it. Absolutely, and I'm really excited about sharing new members of the team, Joni and Erica, with the rest of our municipal family. I think they have just come right into the fold so easily. They are just, you know, I feel like they've been here for years, and I think I just can't wait for everybody to meet them and love them like we do. Well, and I've been, I've said it before, but I'm proud of our whole team, advocacy team, the communications team, Russell Cox, Ashley Hare, Joanna Ayers on our staff. They've all done outstanding work to push out as much information in as easy a consumable way as they as we can over, since this thing started and the, the whole staff everybody's done a great job yeah, absolutely don't uh, don't expect the quality of our services to suffer as a result of these changing times we're adapting and hopefully we're getting better at delivering content to you absolutely listen wash your hands continue to wash your hands because we really should be washing our hands anyway yeah Stay six feet apart, social distance, don't go to bars, don't go to indoor restaurants. That's just my personal public service announcement. And wear a mask. Wear the mask. Wear the mask. Wear the mask. We've got we've got to get a get a grip on this. Yep. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Shout out to our regular listeners. We know who you are and we appreciate you. Everybody stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll talk to you next time. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.